a postseason college basketball tournament run by a media company in direct competition with one of our postseason NCAA tournaments. This sounds like a terrible idea. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host today, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. You can find us free and available anywhere you get your podcast. Coming up on today's show, we are continuing our conference preview series leading up to the 23-24 season. Yes, we are going through all 32 Division One conferences. We're going to preview all of them. We'll have full 30-minute shows for the Power Six. Yes, even the Pac-12 still right now is Power Six. The West Coast Conference, A-10, Athletic, and Mountain West. Plus, uh, for the other 22 conferences, we'll have like two segment previews for those. So today, we are talking about the 12 teams of the Missouri Valley Conference. We're going to get to that here in just a little bit. But first, we got to talk about this potential Fox postseason tournament. News broke on Monday. Seth Davis, who writes for The Messenger now, was the first, I believe the first that had this, had the exclusive on it. Um, basically, he broke the news that there was a new possible postseason tournament in the works and that this thing is ultimately a direct threat to the NIT, which you might recall is an entity of the NCAA. The NCAA bought it back in 2005. Some quick details, and then I want to give you my takes on this thing. The plan, at least as it is proposed, is for this to be a 16-team event that happens in Las Vegas. What it would do is include the non-NCAA tournament team, so the teams that don't qualify either as automatic qualifiers or at larges for the NCAA tournament, from three conferences. They're all big. (laughs) Big East, Big Ten, and Big 12. Why those conferences? Because this is an event the proposed event is put on by Fox. All three of those conferences have media deals with Fox. So does the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is dead after this year. You know, we'll see. There might be some saving, but even then, is it still the Pac-12? I don't know. Now, why no ACC? Why no SEC? Well, you can probably guess it because their main media uh, agreement is with ESPN. They don't have a Fox media deal Also, what media company hosts the NIT? ESPN. Makes sense, right? Now, here's what's crazy for the, or to me, it's crazy anyway. Of of the teams in those three conferences, Big East, Big 10, Big 12, they, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, they would be forced, they would be required to play in this Fox event that's yet to be named so we'll call it the foxy 16 how about that i like it i just came up with that on the spot let's go with that Um, they would be required to play in the foxy 16 even if they get an nit invite they have to decline the nit invite and play in foxy 16 so you might be wondering okay how are these 16 teams selected chosen so again just to reiterate it's the teams out of big east 10 and 12 that do not make the NCAA tournament. 
and they would be ranked based on their final net ranking, the NCAA's ranking tool, which is kind of funny that they would use the NCAA's ranking tool or a seeding tool, I guess I should say. What a, you know, I, they're careful with their language there on, on those top 16. So when would this take place? Great question. Glad you asked. It would be between the Elite Eight games and the Final Four games of the NCAA tournament. So, for example, if it took place this year, this season, which would be in 2024, these games would take place somewhere from Monday, April 1st through Friday, April 5th, leading up to um, the Final Four weekend there. So that's what we're looking at with this thing. Here's my takes on it. To me, this is ultimately just like the college basketball version of the bowl season. Games that don't matter, that you have to wait a long time to play. Why is that important? Well, if it's multiple weeks after the end of conference tournaments, right? Conference tournaments lead right up to Selection Sunday. And then you have Selection Sunday. You would not do it that weekend, that week. Or the next week, you would have to wait essentially two and a half weeks before you play again. Maybe three, depending on when you lose in your conference tournament. And so a lot of players are not going to be interested. Now, part of the proposal for this is that there would be that Fox would ask their sponsors to create NIL deals with the players from these teams so that they could get paid because Fox cannot directly pay them per NCAA rules. Even with that, you all know what bowl season is like. You got players opting out all over the place, whether it's transfer portal, whether it's um, they want to pull out and start getting ready for the draft. The same thing's going to be true here. I'm not waiting around for three weeks, even if I do. Ha- I mean, if it, if you've got some kind of NIL deal for me, it better be pretty sweet if I'm going to wait around uh, with my team, right? And if I've been, if my team has been bad enough that we've been relegated to this Fox tournament, the Foxy 16, I don't even, am I going to want to stay on this team? I don't know. Now, here's what's funny about thinking about entering the transfer portal. You know, there's been all this talk. We've talked about it on the show about changing the window of when the transfer portal opens. Last year, it was the day after selection Sunday. So I could enter the transfer portal two weeks before this event takes place. Now we're, we're talking now about the window possibly changing, but who is it that decides when that window changes? It's the NCAA. The NCAA is not going to care anything about Foxy 16 because it's in direct competition with the NIT. So that'll be an interesting thing to keep tabs on. So again, that's why to me, this is the, the college basketball version of bowl season. And, and then basically, as we look at this, it's basically middling to awful teams from these three conferences, the teams that couldn't get out of their own way enough to make the NCAA tournament and maybe not even the NIT. And I'll, I'll tell you why in just a second. But here's the wildest thing to me. We're, this is a 16 team event. Last year, they couldn't have even filled out a 16 team bracket. Because of the teams from the Big East, Big Ten, and Big 12 that didn't make the NCAA tournament, collectively, there was only 15 teams. (laughs) Now, I know that changes going forward because after, well, even this year, the Big 12 is bringing in four more. They lose two. Um, 
next season in Texas and Oklahoma, but then they bring in four more after that. And obviously the big 10 is bringing in four more Uh, big East as of now is staying pat at their 11, but there's going to be more teams, but as it would have been last year, there were six big East teams that did not make the NCAA tournament, six big 10 teams that didn't make the NCAA tournament and three big 12 teams. Quick math tells me that that's only 15. That's a pretty funny thing. And frankly, even with adding these new schools into the Big 12 and Big 10, there's a possibility that so many of them could make the NCAA tournament where they couldn't find 16 teams to make up this event. 16 teams that were bad enough, right? We're literally dragging the bottom of the barrel. So here's how the order would have looked last year. Because basically what's going to happen is they're going to take uh, the team's final net rankings, as I said, put them in a bracket based on that. So here's how the bracket would have looked if this tournament was held last year. Uh, the number one seed would be Rutgers, who finished 40th at in the net. Somehow still didn't get in, in the tournament, by the way, with teams well below them that got in rank. Anyway, uh, number two, Oklahoma State, they were 42nd. Three, Ohio State, 49th. Michigan would have been the fourth seed, 57. Texas Tech would have been the fifth seed, 62nd. Then Oklahoma, Villanova, Wisconsin, Seton Hall, St. John's. You remember how bad they were? Nebraska, Butler. Now we're getting into the 100s in the net rankings. Butler, DePaul. Now we're to the 200s. Minnesota would be the 14th seed. They were 222nd in the net last year. And then Georgetown would have been the 15th seed because they were 240th in the net. And then again, you don't have a 16th seed, a 16th team. There's only 15 of them to draw from. (laughs) Here's another thing that really frustrates me about this. One of the explanations is like, oh, this is good if we're drawing from the NIT because then it gives more slots to mid-majors where they can go be part of the NIT. Nice try, crafty, but wrong. There were only, of those 15 teams I just named, only six of them were in the NIT. So yeah, maybe that gets a few other mid-majors in. But that could also be other power conference school. Like, I don't I don't try to sell me a bill of goods here that you're doing this for the for the mid-majors. No, you ain't looking out for that. You're just trying to sell your product so people feel better about it. Now, I, I must say though, at the same time, I do worry about the longevity of the NIT. It has already been relativized, it's already been marginalized. The NIT is not even close to the luster of what it once was. And here's maybe a bigger concern. You can see a world in which this could eventually, this idea, this concept could eventually creep into the NCAA tournament's territory. And I do not want to see that. Because again, remember, the NIT is an NCAA entity. So there's already that issue with the NCAA getting encroached on by this potential media established postseason event. But here's the biggest issue for me uh, as we think about this going forward. A media company, again, Fox, is going to be dictating the personnel of who competes in a postseason event. Like, remember, it's a mandate. No, thank you. I know the, the selection committee isn't perfect, but I will take that any day over Fox or anyone else as a media company determining the shape of postseason play. Because that, that's not even necessary. I mean, the, the CFP with football, right, is not run by the NCAA, but that's not some media company. I, I know there's media ties and ESPN has all the bowl games and all that. Yeah, 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 I get it. 
but still it's, it's different. So I'm nervous about all this. Now in a similar breath, there has also been conversation uh, popping up again about NCAA tournament expansion. Obviously these two things are going to be kind of a pull and tug. So I'm going to talk more about that possibility, the NCAA tournament side of this on Friday's episode. Make sure you tune into that. All right. You Missouri Valley folks have waited long enough. I have teased it, and it's coming up here in just a second, our Missouri Valley preview. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed or power or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride or your money back every time. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Coming up on Friday is Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube page. So make sure you go check that out to get yourself ready for this next weekend of college football. All right. Missouri Valley Conference. Let's get into it. Last year, Bradley won the regular season with a 16 and 4 conference record. Trailed just behind was Drake at 15 and 5. Although Drake, the Bulldogs, the two seed, beat Bradley um, in the conference tournament championship 77 to 51 to get that lone um, NCAA tournament invite for the conference, where Drake, as a 12 seed, ultimately lost to five seed Miami 63 to 56. By the way, it's still super weird to me that now we're in a day and age where the Missouri Valley Conference is a one bid league. I don't like that. We need to change it, folks. Let's go. Come on, Missouri Valley Conference teams. Let's get after it. As a conference last year, the Missouri Valley was 16th. So kind of like smack dab right in the middle. Remember, there's 32 in total. In terms of Ken Palm team rankings last year, let me give you a little bit of the bookends. There were three top 100 teams. That was Bradley and Drake, we already talked about, and Indiana State, who was 100th. On the bottom end, though, the other bookend, you had UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago, and Evansville, both outside the top one, excuse me, outside the top 300 last year. UIC was 301 and Evansville was 352. They were 5 and 27 overall and 1 and 19 in conference play. Well, let's talk some of the major storylines for this year. One is, it's actually a last year thing, but it's a healthy reminder we need to look at is realignment. Uh, there, there was some in and out ahead of last season. So let me remind you what it is, because this is the second year of this new makeup. There are 12 teams now in the Missouri Valley Conference. Let me just rattle them off to you alphabetically. Belmont, Bradley, Drake, Evansville, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois State, Indiana State, Missouri State, Murray State, Northern Iowa, and Southern Illinois, and Valpo to wrap it up. The fight in Bryce Drews. Remember that shot? 
boy, that's one of the greatest memories of my childhood. So in terms of the comings and goings that took place ahead of last year, remember Loyola Chicago was part of this conference and then left for the A-10. And then three teams came in at that point. Belmont and Murray State came over from the Ohio Valley Conference. And then Illinois Chicago came over from the Horizon, a show that we did a pre or a conference we did a show on last week. Make sure you go check that out. Well, in terms of uh, more storylines, man, we continue to see the transfer portal kind of wreaking havoc on lower level, like the lower level and mid level like this conferences are rated up to the highest level. Here's what I mean. For example, on Missouri Valley's first team last year, there were six people, which I'm hoping that means there was a tie. I didn't look at the voting numbers, but uh, if not, come on, Missouri Valley, we need five on that list. Um, of those six, though, three of them have are, are gone because of transfer, not graduation or early entry or anything like that. Three of them have transferred to the all to the Big Ten. Damask leaves Southern Illinois for uh, for Illinois. Mast leaves Bradley for Nebraska. The leading scorer from the entire Missouri Valley is gone this year. Left Valpo for Iowa. Now we we do have two that are just gone for normal reasons. Penn from Drake graduated that leading assist man. Uh, Drake's going to have to figure that out this year. And then of course, Shepard is off to the NBA. Good stuff there, but we do get one player off the first team back. And thankfully that is the returning and reigning conference player of the year. Tucker DeVries coming back to Drake. All right, continuing on with storylines, let me catch up on some coaching things to be aware of. We only have one new coach in the conference this year. That is Roger Powell Jr. coming in for his first year at Valpo. It's kind of nice to have a little bit of consistency in the conference. Obviously, if, if you're a Missouri Valley fan, you know well, the longest tenured coach in this conference is Ben Jacobson at Northern Iowa. He's been there since 2006. But here's what's interesting. Beyond Jacobson, no one, no other head coach in this conference has been at their school for a decade or more. Ben J Jacobson is it. That's it. And so hopefully we can get some guys that stick around. But that's, that's the thing. When you succeed at this level, it's not just the players getting poached. It's the coaches as well. And so that certainly has a lot to do with it. In fact, the next longest tenured coach is Bradley's Brian Wardell, Wardle, excuse me who's been there since 2015. So getting close to a decade, but not quite, not even close to what Jacobson is doing at Northern Iowa. Another coaching thing I want to make sure to remind you of is that Steve Prome is back at Murray State. And I think that is great news for the racers. Remember, uh, after Fred Hoiberg left Iowa State, Prome went there in the 15-16 season. Um, but then he came back to Murray State last season after Matt McMahon moved on to LSU. So uh, this this to me is great for Murray State. They had a kind of like essentially almost 500 year last year, went 17 and 15 overall, 11 and 9 in the conference, good for seventh place. So uh, hopefully we can uh, get the fighting John Morantz going this year. Now, for me, as I, as I look at it, you know, it's kind of natural for me. All right, we got 12 teams in, in the Missouri Valley. Let me just put them into some tiers as to how I'm looking at it ahead of this season. So let's start from the bottom and work our way up. In tier three, I've got four teams down at the bottom in tier three. Illinois, Chicago, Illinois State, 
Evansville, who uh, is going to be a little bit better this year, and Valpo. I actually have Valpo down in the cellar in the basement, the cellar dwellers of the Missouri Valley this year. But that's my four bottom teams, my tier three in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, And then tier two, right in the middle, I have, and again, this is not in my specific order, but um, Murray State, Belmont, Southern Illinois, and Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa is the team that I really struggled with wanting to put up into tier one. And tier one is where I have Indiana State, Missouri State, Bradley, and Drake. Again, I, I'm not giving you my order there. I'm just saying though, that's the tiers of how I'm dividing this up. And there, there's some close. Like I really wrestled with, for me, Northern Iowa and Indiana State were kind of on that dividing line between tier one and two. But I, I went with Indiana State in tier one and Northern Iowa in tier two. Maybe you think I'm wrong. I'd love to hear it. So tier one, Drake, Bradley, Missouri State and Indiana State. Tier two, Northern Iowa, Southern Illinois, Belmont and Murray State. And then tier three, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois State, Evansville, and Valpo. Well, we got to make sure we make some predictions about our all-conference first team, the transfer of the year, the freshman of the year, and who's going to win this conference. All of that's coming up for you here in just a second. But first, I need to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Jace Medical. Hey, what would happen if you found yourself cut off from modern medical care and treatment? I'm guessing that just like me, you would not be prepared at all. Maybe it's like a supply chain issue from, I don't know, a global pandemic, or you're on an outdoor adventure, or there's a natural disaster, anything like that. Or maybe you're like me when you're trying to find some modern medical treatment and you're just, you're just so busy in life that you're like, I don't have time to go to make a doctor's appointment. And if, if you're like that, then man, the Jace case from Jace Medical is for you. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All you have to do to get this Jace case, fill out a simple online form, and then you get a prescription, life-saving medications delivered right to your door. I love it because this Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to the best uh, medication in an emergency, you actually have it in hand. So save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended. That's Jace Medical. Oh, it's prediction time, baby. We're going to start with my first team, all MVC. And listen, no brainer on the first one. We got the reigning conference player of the year, the Larry Bird Award, as they call it in the MVC. Um, coming back to school, going to be a junior at Drake, playing for his pop, 6'7 guard, Tucker DeVries. And I listen, this young man has, had a great year as a freshman, was the freshman player of the year. points, 4.6 rebounds, 2.1 assists, a steal, just shy of a block, 0.8 blocks. But he's also shot 33.9% from three on just over six attempts a game. and shot a respectable 77.5% from the free throw line on 2.8 attempts per game. I give you all those numbers because I want you to see then what happened last year, how he took an even another step forward beyond what he had done his freshman year. So as a sophomore last year, DeVries, 18.6 points, 5.7 rebounds, a little bit lower on assists, 1.8, 1.1 steals, 
Blocks were the only thing that was down, down from 0.8 to 0.2. That one's odd to me. Jumped up on three-point shooting up to 37% on 6.9 attempts. So a higher percentage, higher attempts. You'll love to see that trajectory. And then jumped up in his free throw, both in terms of percentage and attempts on that as well. So up from 77.5% to 83.8%. And then up from 2.8 free throw attempts a game to 4.2% free throw attempts per game. Tucker DeVries had an absolute baller year. No wonder he was named conference player of the year. No reason to think that's going anywhere this year. Following in his footsteps is my second player on the all MVC first team this year. And that's reigning freshman player of the year. Cade Tyson of Belmont six, seven forward. Um, so yes, I believe he follows in DeVries path and is uh, second in uh, player of the year voting this year. I'm already tipping my hands a little bit there. And yes, in case you're wondering, Hunter or Cade Tyson is the brother of Hunter Tyson from Clemson. Third on the all-conference first team, I have Bowen Bourne from Northern Iowa. Uh, my little homie like me, I'm 5'11", and uh, so is Bourne a 5'11 guard, but man, does great stuff there for Coach Jacobson excited to see what they're able to do this year. Fourth on the list, actually uh, playing just an hour east of where I live in Joplin, Missouri. He plays over in Springfield, Missouri at Missouri State, and that's Donovan Clay, a 6-7 kind of do-it-all guard. He's been in the Missouri Valley Conference his whole career, two years at Valpo and two years at Missouri State, now taking advantage of that COVID year, and will be playing one more year um, at Missouri State last year, you know, like a, again, a little bit of everything 11.9 points, five and a half rebounds, 3.6 assists, just getting everyone going, getting involved, calling his own number at times. Donovan Clay, an absolute dude. And then, fifth, wrapping up the first team all MVC for me is Malivi Leones from Bradley, reigning defensive player of the year. Love what this guy brings to the table. I think he's going to take more steps forward. Um, just one of those guys I'm like, ah, is, is a breakout even more of a breakout coming this year? Love to see when a defensive player can continue to expand their game. So I expect that from him this year. Let me do though, give you, I mean, cause that's only five players. Let me just name a couple of others that I've got my eye on that you should be watching out for too. Going back to that Northern Iowa team is Titan Anderson. He's a senior Averaged 12.6 points, 8.5 rebounds per game last year. And that's as a 6'6 forward. I, I think he's on dub, averaging a double-double watch. So watch out for Titan Anderson. Another at uh, Missouri State is Chance Moore. Obviously teaming up there with Donovan Clay. 6'5 junior guard at Missouri State. Keep your eyes on him. Robbie Avila at Indiana State. He's a 6'10 sophomore. He's a center uh, watch out for what's going on there for the Sycamores in Terre Haute. And then at Illinois State, Kendall Lewis, 6'7", grad. He's a forward. I like his game. And then at Evansville, you uh, already know this guy. I mean, down unfortunately, down at the bottom of the conference, uh, 6'4", guard Kenny Strawbridge. Uh, brings a lot to the table. Hopefully, Evansville, again, can be better this year. All right, let me give you a couple more award things and then my conference champ. No surprise here, my player of the year, Tucker DeVries, that back-to-back, absolutely, he's going to bring that home again. Freshman of the year, there's two guys I was looking at. Tyler Bay at Missouri State, 6'8", small forward, 
um, coming in from overtime elite actually. And the other guy I was looking at was Laurent Rice, who's going to Murray State, a 6'3 combo guard. Um, I'm going with Tyler Bay as my freshman of the year in the conference. And then also transfer of the year, I kind of, not kind of, I narrowed it down to Isaiah Rivera from UIC coming over from Colorado State. And then Jordan Davis, who will be at Illinois State, Illinois State coming over from Wisconsin. And yes, he is Johnny's brother. Um, not quite the basketball player that Johnny is, but but good. Anyway, I'm going with Isaiah Rivera as my transfer of the year in the Missouri Valley. As for the conference champs, to me, Bradley, Drake, right back at the top of this thing, just like last year. No reason to think they're going anywhere. Um, let's see. Bradley going to be tough, scrappy. They got that tenacious defense, relentless. It's going to be great. But man, I got to go with Drake winning both the regular season and the conference tournament. For me, it's that one-two combo of DeVries teaming up with Darnell Brody. And just that one-two punch is, for me, the best one-two punch in the conference. Makes them the team to beat. Although, those two guys are the only returning starters. So there is... That I, I, I'm very curious. I mentioned it earlier. Who is going to be the person to replace what Roman Penn did at Drake? Homie had five and a half assists a game. DeVries has the ball in his hands a ton, but he's not, you know, the assist guy. He was under two assists a game last year. So a couple possibilities. Aiton Wright is a really interesting addition. 16.7 points last year at Cal State Northridge. But also, he's not the assist man, so that's not the answer there. I do think we'll see him in the starting lineup just with that scoring punch he packs. Um, perhaps the um, the pen role goes to UT Arlington's Kyron Gibson, who is also transferring into Drake. Um, had 3.9 assists a game last year at UTA, 11.2 points, shot 36% from three. Um, needs to work on limiting turnovers, get those cut down. But if he can be a facilitator for these other guys, get DeVries going, get Brody going, get um, Wright scoring, then then that makes a ton of sense. The problem, though, as I start to look at this backcourt, is you've also got Connor Enright, who started a couple games last year for Drake. Um, if you roll out he and Gibson and Enright, that's or, um, or he is Enright. Excuse me. If you roll out Wright and Gibson and Enright, that's a backcourt that's six one six one six zero. That's going to get abused, man. And so they got to look at what to do there. Maybe it's Ethan Roberts as the other starter, a 6'5 transfer from Army. As a freshman last year, 12.4 points, 4.4 rebounds, shot over 40% from three on 4.4 attempts per game and 84.8% from the free throw line. So uh, Ethan Roberts might have a little bit of something going on there at Drake. But all that to say, despite having to replace quite a bit, I have Drake as the regular season champs and taking home the Arch Madness Championship as well. I do think here's my my uh, the top four seeds all get a buy in uh, day one or um, you know the bottom eight teams all play on day one. Top four teams get a single buy into day two. So my order would be Drake one, Bradley two, Missouri State three, and um, excuse me, uh, yeah Missouri State three, and then I'm going with Indiana State as my fourth seed although keep an eye on like northern iowa keep an eye on belmont some of those teams that might raise up belmont um it's kind of a younger team but uh, some of the talent seems to be there so we'll watch that but again ultimately drake bringing home that championship getting into the ncaa tournament yet again
Folks, thanks so much for checking out Locked On College Basketball today. You everydayers, thanks so much for being here. If you're brand new to the show, just checking us out for the Missouri Valley content, welcome in, come back. It's going to be a great college basketball season here on Locked On College Basketball. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On CBB. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. On the show tomorrow, Andy Patton and Leaf Tulin will be with you. Going to be great stuff there. They're previewing the Summit League. Going to be talking about what's going on with the Maui Invitational. We got some updates with that. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Go Wildcats. And until tomorrow, peace. Peace.